Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You can see how much that means to him. It means a lot to everybody in this locker room, bro. We set the tone. We took it to them. We don't got from no Oh, what a difference a week makes for the Washington Commanders after blowing the 10-point lead in the fourth quarter against the Minnesota Vikings. They don't blow a nine-point lead. They hold on to beat the Philadelphia Eagles in a very good Monday night game. Boom. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. And Joe Frazier was from Philly, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Exactly right. You're catching on. You're catching on here early in the morning. (laughs) Down goes Rocky. <laughs> Down. Also from. How does the real boxer from Philly not have a statue and the fake one have a statue? Well, that's the whole argument, right? Isn't there, you know, wasn't the Joe Frazier and his legal counsel for a while, like in, in you know, a little bit of a dispute with Rocky's people? Don't they, didn't they feel as if that story was really about him and they just, you know, Changed the guy to Italian guy instead of a black guy, and and basically made the story. Apollo Creed certainly seemed very Muhammad Ali ish, right? As far as the personality and who they portrayed in the the movie. So, you know, I know that was a thing at one point. I just don't remember how it kind of shook down and and got all figured out when all was said and done. I gotta look that up because I don't remember that. But there is a great clip of Rocky Sylvester Stallone at the Oscars. That year, right. when Rocky won Best Picture, a script he supposedly wrote in like a week. Yeah, because he, he, like jo- he looked at Joe Frazier's life and he wrote it down. He yeah. said, it's like, it makes Let's like see. a good movie. Cross out <laughs> Frazier, put in Balboa. <laughs> right. But I'll tell you what, one of the ult- two things, two things. The, the clip of Muhammad Ali just kind of showing up as Sylvester Stallone is at the podium at the Oscars, back when people actually watched the Oscars. Yeah. They always lied about the numbers. A billion people are watching. You can't tell me people around the world give two craps about our movie award ceremony, right? A billion people. Get out of here. I Even when I was a kid, I was like, that seems like, that seems high. But uh, but Ali comes out and says, I was Apollo Creed. You stole me. You know, you basically right. you, you stole my story and made it part of your right, movie. Right, right, right. But... Stallone, the ultimate boss move. When he was shopping that script, he had one, one condition: I have to play Rocky. Yes, I've heard and that. Right. I think there were multiple studios that said, "Get the hell out of here! You don't yeah, play right. Rocky." And then finally, <laughs> right. they found somebody that let him play Rocky. Yeah. Um, shows PFT live. 
presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. Hello to our audience on Peacock Series XM85, Sky Sports NFL in the UK and Ireland, and also anyone who is enjoying the program or otherwise on podcast well, i don't care if you enjoy it i just care if you listen to it they better enjoy it, it and they want to keep listening still counts you know still part, counts okay all right well part of it they got to make sure they all right so uh, uh, speaking of enjoying okay you were here yesterday you did the podcast with me yesterday morning that was awesome you flew home. I know you had to take your car ride from Pittsburgh. You say it was awesome. Well, you say it was awesome. Well, yeah, it was awesome. It was good to be with you, you jerk. Thank you very much. Okay, thinking. Of, speaking of brotherly love here, but either either way, did you get home and turn on the Minnesota Viking game one more time and watch it back before the Monday night game? No, I no, because I got home at about seven fifteen. Damn, it took you that I long. Stayed, yeah, an extra three hours or longer at NBC Sports Studios to accommodate. Wow. It was all about me. That's why you took the lighter flight? That that you you didn't even make the request. I got big-timed by Chris Sims. He wasn't even the one who asked me to sit in. He had his people. He had Matt Casey, the intermediary, ask me to do it. Isn't that what people are for? I mean, what the hell are they doing? They got to get these people to do something. (laughs) I got to get these people to do something. (laughs) <laughs> Let me tell you though, I I can function on five hours of sleep, as long as I have an hour or so in the afternoon to bank a little yeah a little sleep nap time credit. yeah because you don't you don't have any real nap time in the car to LaGuardia, on the plane, in the car ride home yeah you don't really sleep and by the time after I watched the game last night. Worked on the power rankings for today because I didn't work on them during the game. I usually work on them during the game. I posted another story, snarky comment, copy, paste, right. in that order. It was late. Yeah. And, man, when that alarm went off today, yeah, it was one of those days where I looked at the clock and I thought, why did I set the why, why did I set an alarm for 630 on a Saturday? That was my first thought. Right. And I was very close to just turning the thing off. Well, it was like it was almost today was almost the day where you got to fly solo, which would have been poetic because i kept you from having to fly solo yesterday so through my own neglect and and uh, malfeasance you would have been flying solo today at least until i got my butt up here because at some point i would have realized but i just this was a day you were saying yesterday how hard it was for you to get going yeah today was very difficult for me to get going usually that fog goes away quickly that fog lasted for a while and it still may be <sighs> it still may be floating around well you know what i want to say i mean you know what i want to say i mean you, you, you're old look, you look tired you look tired, <laughs> you look tired. i am tired <laughs> right today i am tired today <laughs> won't piss me off <laughs> well you, you deserve to be tired and like don't act like I mean, again, it was discussed about you last week. Yeah, did I reach out? Matt Casey, I mean, he's the guy that talked to me about it, and then he reaches out to you. I mean, geez, it's not like I didn't want you on there. I I know, I know. I was just giving you a hard time because I can, because that's sort of what I do. The officials gave the Eagles a hard time last night. I can't imagine what they'd be saying if some of those questionable calls had gone the other way. It would be crickets out of Philadelphia right now if, well what, what example, were the questionable ones well well the, the the one that they are the most upset about yes. and obviously last night the commanders beat the eagles their first loss the the miami dolphins from 1972 when they eventually wake up today and realize what happened pop the champagne happy, put their dentures in and pop the champagne i'm sorry uh, see <laughs> that was such a low people, blow i mean you act like they didn't watch last night the you thing. think they're too late here's they the went to, they're too old they went to bed yeah. early last night yeah, they go to bed early <laughs> they go to bed early they're old see when 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 you're when you reach the point and you'll get there if you're lucky to live long enough where people start making fun of you for being old right you pass that along to anybody who's older than you <laughs> i mean if nobody else around me is going to respect their elders then my elders can go for themselves as far as i'm concerned <laughs> they're going to they're going to hear it from me so after Larry Zonka put his dentures in. He 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 pried open a bottle of champagne with them, and uh, they they're having a party today. Um, the 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 most con- let's we can start at the end and work backward. The Brandon Graham hit on Taylor Heineke that took away any legitimate last gasp for the Eagles. Right, right. Where Heineke makes the smart play here. It's third and seven. You don't want to throw an incompletion. The Eagles still have a timeout. You want to hit the deck and accept it and punt it away. Smart by Heineke. Down he goes. 
but he's clearly down, and in comes Brandon Grant. That is that was completely unnecessary. Exactly. It was a brain fart by right, him. Right. And people lost their minds. People are like, well, how can you throw that flag? I mean, are you, are you kidding, kidding me? I, are we watching football clearly, anymore? He I mean, clearly gave either. himself up. Yeah. And Graham said after the game, I thought he was going to get up. Why, what about that? What about uh, there's some sort of okey-doke, rope-a-dope to continue the boxing thing that he's going to pretend to be down and then get up? If you understand anything about the sport that you are paid a handsome living to play, you know that in that spot, Wherever the person is on the field, quarterback behind the line of scrimmage or a running back 30 yards down the field, although good luck if you're a running back getting that call. That's a different issue. But you know, you know, and you know how sensitive they are about quarterbacks anyway. Yeah. That he was clearly down, and people were like, what could Graham have done? Not ram into him. Roll away from him. What? what? Don't dive yeah. at him. He right. dove at him when he was down. He clearly was down. Yeah. And and you know Eagles fans aren't happy about it. But again, I if it happened to Jalen Hurts, they'd yeah. be they'd be marching on a three forty five Park Avenue right well, now. Well, they'd walk straight there from the stadium to Manhattan. Agreed. That's where I'm a little surprised. Just watching like highlights on different channels after the game is that people were talking about this like like wow this was a controversy. I mean no. You know, Hey guys, let's play it again in the back. If we could play, I mean, there there's was nothing controversial there's about not, this. Nothing. Nothing controversial in 2022 about this. NFL. As the much obligation, as there's an obligation on the fans to pull your head out of your ass on something like yeah, this. Yeah, stop being so biased. I wanted to see Jalen Hurts get the ball with a chance to win too. I mean, I, I would. So I wanted to see that. But let's let's go. He goes down one, two, three, four, and then a dive. I mean, are are you kidding me? That's peewee football. That's a late hit. NFL, of course, it's a late hit. He took four extra steps when he saw him hit the ground and then dove. Now, I, you know, one of the things I, I, I feel like here is he's down. They're trying to get their sack, right? So they want to be the first guy to touch him. I think that's the first problem, and uh, that's why. Uh, they want that sack. Get my that. sack. Exactly right. Good so point. they get caught in that emotional, like, let me get there and get him real quick so I, I can be get the it. one to touch him. No doubt about let it. Let they me can get say there. all they want. Let me get there before Reddick. Yes. No doubt. Exactly. And, you know, I think mid-dive, he realizes, oh no, I've I've put myself in a spot where I could get in trouble here, and he's mid dive trying to pull back. And again, it wasn't an egregious hit as far as like the impact and how aggressive the contact was, but obviously, I mean, he had given himself up. When we see that in the middle of the field anywhere, that was just way too many steps, way too long, and of course, it's the quarterback, and we know the extra protection there. So. Yeah, as much as I wanted to see Jalen Hurts in that moment and, and enjoy that last minute of the game, that was totally the right call, and I don't know how anybody can even argue that. Here is Brandon Graham after the Eagles lost to the Commanders talking about that penalty and essentially why he did what he did. I wish I could have that call back, but at the end of the day, we wish we could have a bunch of calls back. But you know what? Uh, they won. It was... Uh, you know, for me, I just want to make up for it by what I do next week, how I respond. So uh, I'm going to take that one on a chin. Um, of course, we are going to uh, just flush it and, and move on, but uh, I'm definitely going to take that one and make sure, you know, next time, you know, I don't let the team down in, in a situation like that. Did the refs give you any kind of explanation for, for why they called it? No. Um, you know, I'll, we, we can't put the refs we – can't, we can't put the game in the refs' hands. Uh, so in that position, um, I just got to know. Just, you know, if he go down, you know, it's okay. I mean, for me, I was just hustling to the play, just trying to make sure he was down and uh, just trying to get off the field. But, Did you uh, see him go down? Or were you trying uh, to? You know what? I was just trying to touch him, touch him down because, um, you know, it just, it just looked like he was going to get up. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, just never know. But uh, that's on me. I just, I'm, I'm on that one. It's on me. Every once in a while, the truth almost comes out. I was trying to touch him down. Because I got an incentive in my contract that pays me another X million dollars if I have so many sacks. And I don't know that he does, but he wanted the sack, Christian. And he stopped himself. He stopped himself before he came out and said, I want the sack. I know, Mike. Because then he looked selfish. I wanted the sack. Right. I I was trying to touch him because uh, I thought he might get up. Uh, Uh, I I was trying to touch him because. I wanted to touch him down. uh, There was a snake. I saw a snake. I, I mean, whatever it was, anything other than the truth, I thought. I was going to get the sack. I really now, thought that that's what I saw, you know, yeah, during the game. And I know D Lyman, and that's how they act. And, of course, I understand. They want that, that, that sack is, you know, 
it's it determines a lot of things in their life. So I do understand that. But this yeah. is a moment where you just can't let that emotion take over. It's the sack's not worth it in that moment. And Brandon Graham is awesome as he is, and we know he's an ultimate team guy. And he never does stuff like that, really. You know, it, it was surprising from that manner. But yeah, it, it, you'd have a hard time making me not believe that getting that sack on the stat sheet wasn't a part of let me get there and go kamikaze just for a few extra steps so I can get there first. Alex Kemp, the game's referee, said after the game, because they don't make the officials available for press conferences, mm-hmm. but they will make the referee or Walt Anderson, the senior VP of officiating. He did a couple of pool reports. You know it's a bad weekend if you do more than one. <laughs> you, know it's, you know it's a questionable officiating scenario when the head of officiating is doing multiple pool reports. But Alex Kemp said that, Heineke clearly giving himself up, and there was contact in the head and neck area. That's key, too. Late hit, and he hit him in the head and neck area. So even if, now, it's a tougher mental pretzel to get people to understand that if Heineke was playing some sort of a rope-a-dope game, you still can't hit him in the head because he deliberately went down to the ground and made it impossible to hit him without hitting him in the head. But the point is, not only was he down, but Graham goes in and hits him in the helmet while he's down. Yeah, double it, whammy. And it's not two penalties. It's just, hey, hey, Eagles fans, the extent that you're pissed off about this, remember he also hit him in the head. Right. Not right. only was he down, but he also hit him in the head. Although, I just, I, it's, it, bottom line is, you're right. He wanted to win, win the race. He wanted to maybe, maybe I'll get a half sack out yeah, of this. right. Uh, and and uh, the end result is the Eagles have no chance at the final moments of the game to do anything other than a Stanford band play that resulted in a touchdown for the commanders, making the margin even worse than it was 30 to 21 instead of 23 or whatever it was 33, 21. Is it 32, 21, 32, 21. Yeah. That's right. Cause when there's a score on the final, on the final play of the game. Now, if the extra point is irrelevant, they don't, they didn't right. do it anymore. That's something they added several years ago. I think after the Minneapolis miracle, because after that moment they had to, Go do an extra – like, why are we doing an extra point here? The game's over. This this point means nothing to anybody uh, except those who may be betting the over-under if it's right on the cusp of it. So um, that was the first controversial call that we'll talk about. It was the last moment of the game. But there was other stuff, Chris. Yeah. The And this was also in the pool report. The missed face mask right. foul. Right. On the play that should have been – should have been – a touchdown for the Commanders. Yeah, Dallas well, you, you, think, you think he was? You don't think he I was think down? I think he should have been. I don't think he was down. I think that by the time he Davis had, had the ball, he wasn't being touched any longer. Yeah. But here's the problem, and this is why. Look, I know they don't want to expand the replay. Well, let's not expand. There's some metaphor about an elephant under a tent or something like that. That Peter King knows the whole story. Like they, they're always very careful about what they add to replay review. Yeah. Well. The face mask foul is an easy one. They screwed up pass interference beyond belief. And that's now their defense mechanism to not adding other things. Well, look at how bad we screwed up pass interference. You don't want to trust us to, to handle something else with replay review because we'll screw that up. Too. <laughs> you know, we don't know excuse. what the hell we're doing. <laughs> that is, that is, for, for roughing the passer. Right. That's what Troy Vincent said it three weeks ago <laughs> on ESPN's pregame show. Well, it was a disaster when we made pass interference subject to replay review, so no way are we going to make roughing the passer subject to it. But how, you can't screw up whether or not there was a face mask. Right. You can't screw that up. Yeah. And if you really care about that as a safety rule, it should be subject to replay review because they missed it. And what I think they did there, th- this is my own kind of gut feel, they – Took the touchdown off the board because that was kind of their clumsy way of making it up to them. Of giving of giving the Eagles some some comfort for the fact that they blew it and they couldn't drop the flag. Now I'm surprised they didn't say after discussion there was a face mask foul. They could have done that. I, I was expecting uh, because it. remember it wasn't it wasn't a full blown replay review. It right. was the quasi sky oh, yeah. judge. Right. And I still it still has to be clear and obvious. My point was this: if we're going to be analytical about how the replay rules work, it has to be clear and obvious that the ruling on the field was wrong. The ruling on the field was a touchdown. It had to be clear and obvious that it was a mistake. It had to be clear and obvious that Davis was being touched while in possession of the ball. And he wasn't. 
and it's not clear and obvious. I think it's clear and obvious he wasn't being touched. He's clear of Goddard by the time he has the ball. And then he runs into the end zone. I, I need, look, I need to change. watch it. A, you know, that, I mean, I, I watched it a bunch, and, and I didn't rewind it a ton as far as my DVR here because I thought maybe when he had the ball, Goddard's arm was still maybe touching him when he was when he was. It's got to be but it was clear close. and obvious. It's got to be clear and obvious that Goddard is touching him at a time when he's in possession of the ball. And I don't think anything about this is clear and obvious. That got while he's got once he has possession, that's the key. You can be touching the ball, yeah, but you have to have possession of the ball right. to be down by contact, not just trying to pick it up. It's not enough to just be all oh, my hands on it, but I don't have it. You have to have it secure. Sure, sure. By the time he's got it secured, it's not clear and obvious that he's being touched by Dallas Goddard. So that's the other one. But that they got hey hey, and, and this is the kind of thing. I already got the emails. The fix is in. The fix is in. The game is rigged. The game is rigged. The, the officials had money on. The, the commanders last night, that's what you get when you do the full embrace of legalized gambling. When people see that, they're going to assume corruption over incompetence, whereas I'm more inclined to say it's just incompetence. Yeah, well, it's But sometimes you can hide behind incompetence sure. as corruption. Sure. I, I mean, again, the, the, the possession of the ball and whether he scored there and all that, that, that certainly is debatable, and, and we can have that discussion, certainly. The face mask, mistakes are going to happen. Again, you're not going to see everything on the football field, but I do wish that, you know, in a situation like that, I almost wish they could put that in the, you know, we review – uh, everything about the turnover kind of rule there, we re- judge, or just Scott Judge, just well, Scott or judge. or that either Scott way, because that. because my only Full my judge. only problem with the the face mask is you know again I, I it's not that I'm like th- those are it's human error that's going to get missed every now and then, but right, but there's a way to fix it. There is that's a way to point. fix it. There is a way to fix it, and especially on a turnover. That's to me the other thing too, just because you know. It, 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 fumbles, things like that. I don't know if that happens if he's not being grabbed by his head and being led somewhere he doesn't, right? You know, who's to say that face mask didn't help cause the fumble because now, wait, I've lost control of my body. Somebody's pulling me by an area, and now I don't have the tension in my body to take the hit that I'm about to receive that gives me the fumble because my body has kind of gone relaxed because I'm like, oh, whoa, I'm being pulled somewhere where I have no control. And then you get hit, and then you fumble. So that's where it seems a little unfair, in my opinion, and in my experience with, with that kind of play, where you do lose that tension in your body because you're being yanked by your head, and you're, you know, of course, in a lot of those situations, you're not, like, fighting it or crazy. You're kind of going with it to not hurt something else on your body. I, I agree with you completely. And, look, it gets back to something Bill Belichick said yesterday about yeah, I saw that. the Vikings-Bills game. Right. That – the Gabe Davis catch that wasn't a catch that wasn't reviewed because the replay assistant and it's unacceptable. I don't know. I, I don't know. I either. don't know. Was was and it would have been overturned. Belichick's point is right. Belichick's point is the coach should always be able to throw a challenge flag, and his broader point is a coach should be able to challenge anything if there's clear and obvious evidence that the ruling on the field was wrong. The coach should be able to say, "Hey, the officials screwed this up." I'm using my prerogative twice per game, three if my first two hit, if I have a timeout that I can back up that use of the red flag with, I can use it for anything. Hey, hey, officials, you missed a face mask there. No, we didn't. Yes, you did. Red flag, go look at it. Oh, yes, we did. What's how, why, I, I just don't understand the stubborn refusal to fully embrace the modern technologies that we all enjoy while watching the games. This continues to be, and I've been saying it for so long, I I hate to take up people's time by saying it again, but until they fix it, are we supposed to shut up about this? You have to bridge the gap between what seven individuals, middle-aged, who are out there with no protection, no helmets, no pads, no anything, among gladiators, trying to decipher whizzes and blurs with the naked eye from a perspective that is far different from what the rest of us see at home. And until you understand and embrace and accept the idea that one of those people in black and white stripes should be sitting watching the same way we're watching at home and saying to Alex Kemp last night, hey, there was a face mask foul on that last play, drop a flag. Until they understand that and accept it. And I don't know, Chris, maybe the attitude again is, oh, you don't want us doing that. You think we screw it up now. Just wait. 
until we put somebody up in that booth and give him or her the power to call down to the referee and say, you missed this and you missed that. It's going to be like having 17 little emperors sitting there with all their flat screens running the game. Well, that's on you to properly train them and hold them accountable if they go too far. I just, I don't like this idea. And I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. The NFL, when it comes to matters like this, is cheap. Just like the fields, they're cheap. Paying the officials, getting full-time officials, having extra officials as sky judges, having all the technology in place. Having people check the cheap. proper inflation of the football. Right. They don't feel compelled to spend money on it. No, they What's don't. What's the benefit? Why spend the money? Cost, benefit. It's a business. Folks, it's a business. We love it, but we would be lying to you and we would be derelict in our duties if we didn't say to you, football is family. No. Football is business, and it's good for business to say football is family. Football is business. It's a multi-billion dollar operation, and they want to make as much money as they can. And that's okay. I do too. But there's a point where you have to understand the raw desire for profit must yield to doing the right thing. And the right thing for the game. The game, not the league. The league is different from the game. The NFL, the league office, is not the game. The game is what plays out across the country every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whenever else they're going to play games because they want to make more money. The game has its best interests at times in conflict with the league. Full-time officials, full embrace of Sky Judge, hire people who are competent to run it, to supervise it, and if they're not, you get rid of them and you get somebody else. This, oh, we don't know what we're doing. I mean, I've said this before, I think. I think I have. I don't know. I'm old, so I forget. When I was a kid, they made me cut the grass once, and I screwed it up so bad they never asked me to do it again. <laughs> Genius. Right. And that's how we screwed up instant replay so bad. You don't want to you don't want to trust us with any of this other stuff. We don't want to start watching TV screens. We don't know what we're going to do. Get out of here with that. Make the commitment. Spend the money. Get it right. It's in the best interest of the game. And if anybody at 345 Park Avenue doesn't like it, tough crap. I'm concerned about the best interest of the game. Not the best interest of anyone's pocketbook or balance sheets. Best interest of the game. This is required. And I'm going to keep banging that drum until they do it, Chris. Yeah, I, I, Mike, I, I, I don't blame you. I mean, again, we, we all want a better product on the field and we want the game to be fair to make sure the, the right team wins for the right reasons. You know, and, and again, yeah, I guess that, that's what we got to figure out, that a human error is going to happen, mistakes, whatever. What I don't want happening, just real quick, because I want to get into the game here and not talk about the referees oh, for the first yeah, 30 yeah. minutes here, is just oh, the wow. fact that – is I, I don't oh, want you get the same text I did. Well, I don't get any text. I don't know. I don't look at my phone like you during the show. I'm focused on you, okay? Right, but up on I don't want screen. challenges of like, oh, the run was over Embrace here technology. 40 yards, and there's like, you know, oh, maybe a ticky-tack holding I, I penalty 40 yards away that had nothing to do with the play, and we challenge it, and by the letter of the law, there was a penalty. And then we have to do, oh, wait, oh after further review, the ticky-tack holding penalty that happened 40 yards from the play that had nothing to do with it, it was holding. So we're going to give you five yards. That's what we don't need, right. and that's where we got to draw the fine line there. Somehow, I understand that. Way. And yeah. that's, look, we, we should trust the multi-billion dollar operation to properly draw those lines and properly implement the rules that would prevent that outcome. So I, 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 I agree with you on that. Uh, meanwhile, the last undefeated team, in the NFL lost last night, by the way. But, uh, you know, you got salty Philadelphia fans, and we're at the front line of that. We're at the tip of that spear, hearing all that crap, trying to trying to support these calls. You know, we're the, the, the people in the media that understand what's going on are out there taking the heat from the fans who are up in arms because the Eagles, they thought they were going 17-0. and There was so much talk. Why, after eight games, would anyone think the Eagles are going to go 17-0? and it's not like they're a juggernaut that's winning by 40 every week. Now, they look good. They're very balanced. There's still a, th- a serious threat to go to the Super Bowl and win it. But people get co- – I think you at least need to get to 10-0 and 0 before people start drinking the undefeated season Kool-Aid. Um, and, and even without two games against the Giants and a game against the Cowboys, it was going to happen at some point. And, Chris, your most vulnerable spot – is against a team in your division. Sure. Against a team that knows you. Right. A team you play twice a year and goes into your stadium every year. They're not intimidated by that. They're not in awe of you, and they have extra incentive to go kick your ass. That's right. It really isn't a surprise that it happened. It's probably one of the reasons why you – 
you took the Commanders as one of your best bets, getting eleven and a half last. Right, well, it, it was it, because of a lot of what you said, Mike. You're right. We saw, you know, one of the points I made right when we were talking about the game last week is just that when they played the first time, Washington had a pretty good feel to stop the design RPOs, the read options, all the little things that kill defenses when they play the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the run game. We worry about that. Oh, wait, we stopped the run. Oh, man, RPO. Oh, we stopped the run. Oh, man, now he kept the ball around the edge. So they had a little plan there. And that's, to to your point, I think they got a little feel for the offense. So that was big time. The Washington defense was big time. There's no doubt about that. But I think the story of the game, as we started off the show, was, yes, Brandon Graham made the big penalty, but the D-line, to me, was the story of the game for the Philadelphia Eagles. And the, the fact that they couldn't control the line of scrimmage enough in the run game, you know, with uh, Robinson running the ball, not at huge numbers, but successful enough to always keep them in second and seven, third and two, third and three, and then the D-line not being able to rush the passer. It might be the only kryptonite here we see with this Philadelphia Eagles football team. There's not many weaknesses. This is why they traded for Robert Quinn. I think they were looking for somebody that could add a little splash in that department. But that, to me, if you gave me like reasons to rank what happened in the game and where do we look at, the Eagles' D-line would be the spot I would look at. The first matchup, the difference in the game was the Eagles' D-line sacked, what, Carson Wentz eight times, right? They totally ruined the offensive game plan for Washington. Washington was overwhelmed. Early in the year, they couldn't run at all anyways, and then they couldn't protect. This was a different story. You know? And that's where Heineke, all the third-down conversions, these long drives that kept the Eagles' offense off the field, to me, you know, again, the big thing was The Eagles' D-line didn't dominate like the first time. They got pushed around a little bit in the run game. And like we're seeing on these plays right here, nobody around Taylor Heineke. He's in the pocket, smaller quarterback, and got plenty of time and lanes to see down the field and make the throw. So that's kind of where I would start with at least the issue for the Eagles last night, Mike. I don't know. What do you you think about that? Well, well, here's what I think. Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, talked after the game about why they lost. So let's see what the guy in charge of last night's effort had to say about his 8-0 team falling to 8-1. Like, whether the calls were bad or whether the calls were good or whatever it was, I think when, you're, when, you, play, when you play the way we did tonight, when you play the way we did on all three phases, you know, like offense, defense, special teams, coaching, right? When you, when you play like that, it, it does seem like you're, you're – it, it seems like everything's going against you. You create your own luck, and, and we played like crap. We didn't we didn't do a good enough job, and we we when and uh, and it feels like things go against you. Those those plays, those those scenarios that happen when you when you play like that get magnified, right? The what if it, whether it was the right call or wrong call, and so we made our own luck today, and uh, and we and it, it was bad. You know, it's an excellent point, exactly, Chris, because because what did we see on Sunday, and what have we seen all year from the Vikings? No matter what happens, they find a way to. Ignore right. what transpired and focus on making a play. Go right. make a play. Got screwed yeah. by the Gabe, Gabe Davis, Davis play. So what? We're yeah. going to keep going. Right. Bad call here. Bad, bad outcome here. Bad luck here. We're going to keep going. Kirk Cousins takes a bad sack. We're not going to crumble. We're going to keep going. We're going to come back and throw the, 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 the fourth and 18, whatever the hell that thing was that Justin Jefferson did. <laughs> climb up and yeah. catch it. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the key. And we've said this many times this year. The, the best teams find a way to ignore the days that feel like aren't their day. Yeah. Because there's always the other team thinking, hey, today's our day. Right. We got a good game plan. Thinking, we did that. Yeah, yeah. It's not right. our day. Right. Yeah, it's not our day. The challenge in the moment is to overcome those feelings and say we're going to make it our day anyway. I can remember that with, like, when Cam Newton, like, when things were going well with Cam Newton, the Panthers in 2015 were unstoppable. But then there'd be those days where you could just tell from his body language, it's just not my day. You have to find a way to set that aside. You got to rise above that. And that's what Sirianni's talking about, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. We've seen them hit some lulls in, like, the third quarter and stuff, and then, re, you know, step on the gas pedal again and put teams away. We have, you know, but th- this is the first time we saw kind of a four-quarter lackluster performance. The game started off in a great way with the defense making plays, strip sack, fumble. But then from that moment on, you know, yeah, Washington's offense controlled and dictated the flow of the football game. 
plain and simple. Whether it was the run game, the great the great game plan by Scott Turner, you know, uh, the offensive coordinator by the Commanders. I think Troy Aikman did a good job, you know, showing some of that stuff last night. Creativity, like you talk about, what's my fourth down play? You know, they had some good plays in those moments that were creative to get them the fourth down, or you know, some first downs, and and did a good job of not letting a big Eagles overpowering offensive line and most nights settle in. You know, how many plays, Mike, think about last night? You see people a little bit like the Shanahan, McDaniel and Miami type of stuff. Guys going in different directions and, oh, wait, we got to go this way. Wait, we got to go that way. Oh, wait, they're running the ball right up the middle, but we were side shuffling to the side and now we get, you know, hit in the face by a run up the gut. So there was great game planning across the board. It was a phenomenal performance by the commanders. It really was managed. The game was almost managed perfectly by Ron Rivera, maybe the other one moment and not taking that time out in the second quarter on the fourth and one, right, where they had to settle for the field goal because they got the delay of the game. Delay of game. But I, the, the, the game plan and the overall cohesiveness between offense and defense was phenomenal that way. And, yeah, the offense controlled the game, and then, of course, the defense was really good and made some clutch plays down the stretch. Was that the play where he snapped the ball – and Curtis and the, and the receiver caught it. I don't think he was supposed to, but he caught it right, yeah. and he was going around yeah. the edge. Right. I thought that that's a hell of a play. I did too. I was like, happens, whoa! Like, and then hey, I saw I like watch the replay, and I was like, that wasn't supposed to be like that. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. The, but that um that that was a, a an awesome performance there. And I don't know. We're gonna see. Is this an issue with the Eagles? It's something that I think you know. I know I've talked about on my podcast a little bit where their D line. You know, in these moments where they play, okay, our offense hasn't taken over today. We're not necessarily just lighting up the scoreboard. And you're playing a team that, you know, has a pretty good weapons in, in, in the pass game and, and has a decent passing attack. And, okay, you know, are you going to be able to get to the quarterback without blitzing or doing something crazy against some of these guys? And they might get away with it in the NFC. You know, they might. May, there might not be that offense that can attack them. But we know in the AFC there is some offenses that'll be scary that way. Oh, you got to play Mahomes in the Super Bowl and you can't get to the quarterback? <laughs> oh, oh, good luck. We'll, we'll see how that game goes. And no matter how good you are, uh, you know, same with Josh Allen and the Bill. Oh, you got to play them in the Super Bowl. You can't get to them at with the front four. Oh, yeah, good luck. It'll turn out well against those guys. So that's the big thing. We know how good they are, but that's something to watch out for. I think here down the stretch. Around any corner. Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Well, and, and this is part of the reality of a team that builds and builds and builds into this perceived and actual powerhouse. Everybody is probing for the weakness that can be exploited in future games. I, I know a very zealous and ardent Vikings fan who is concerned about playing the Patriots on Thanksgiving night because Bill Belichick is going to cook something up that becomes the blueprint for dealing with the Kevin O'Connell offense. You know, and then if it works and it exposes it, and then others start doing the same well, thing. Well, that's and, what happens. And then, exactly right. And and so and so the question moving forward for the Eagles: Did the Commanders do something last night that, that cracked the will code make a little. it easier right. for the Giants to beat them once or twice for the Cowboys on Christmas Eve? The other teams the Eagles face. I mean, that's the problem. The better you get, the bigger the target is. Exactly. In that preseason, you know, you come into the year, it's the Rams that everybody wants to beat. By Thanksgiving, the hell with the Rams. Right. We want to beat the Eagles. Now we want to beat the Vikings. We're bringing our A-plus game for those opponents. The target moves during a season. Definitely. And the target was on the Eagles last night. Yeah. Primetime game, division rival, 8-0. and The commanders went out there, and they, they gave their best punch, and they knocked – they knocked out Rocky Balboa. Apollo Creed won last night. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, again, teams will emulate. Your point is right. You know, that that's what happens. It's it's you know, that's why we see sometimes that team that is eight and oh or nine and oh, all of a sudden they lose, you know, two out of four 
or three out of five because someone cracked the code and then a team's like, wait, we, wait, we can do what they did. And, oh, wait, this other team gave them problems doing this. And if we add that to the game plan, all of a sudden we, we got something working here. But you got to have, you know, the horses or the Jimmies and the Joes like we're talking about. You know, and, of course, there were some phenomenal individual plays like this interception here. That was great. I mean, it really was. I think the biggest thing here as far as, you know, again, the, the, the playmaking by Washington, but it is all set up by one thing. And the one thing that Washington has that, you know, only some of the special teams are going to be emulated is they just, they got the Bama boys in the middle. I mean, the damn Bama boys make their team. Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, you know, allow that defense to do whatever they want because they're just like, I got it in here, coach. You do whatever you want for the rest of the nine guys. They're amazing. And then Montez Sweat added on top of that. So they have a defensive line that could handle some problems that a lot of D-lines can't handle by themselves either. And that's what gives Washington a real chance in this type of fight. And uh, it's a big reason why they're still in the thick of things here in the NFC and not out of the race. And now there's a question, because this is the night that Carson Wentz was supposed to go back to Philadelphia. Wouldn't that <laughs> right. have been something? Yeah. So now there's actually a question as to whether or not Taylor Heineke continues to be the starting quarterback. I What is the you question? Just beat, you just beat the Eagles. I don't care how healthy Carson Wentz is. Heineke's the guy, and I know they made the investment. You had to justify the investment. Justify, baloney, you're trying to win football games. Heineke is the guy. Yeah. How's it even an issue for debate, Chris? No, I, I, I would agree with you there. I feel bad for Carson Wentz because a little bit what we always talk about has happened here, right? He, he got hurt, and they were like, whoa, we don't have the big soldier that can stand in the pocket and throw the ball, so we got to start. We got to get better at the run. We got to start having people flying around doing this and this and this and this to help him out. And I do feel bad for him. He didn't have the luxury of pass protection or a run game when he was playing. Now they can kind of do that. So I, I, that's where I feel for him. But, yeah, you're right, Mike. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they've won three out of four with Heineke. They have. They should have beat Minnesota. They outplayed Minnesota. He made a critical mistake at the end and threw a bad interception that, that let your squad back in the game there. But you know, I, I don't think there's any doubt here. And, and, and two, you know, he provides a – and energy, and almost, I think, because of his skill set, makes them play a style of football that's best for their football team, where they know they can't just rely on him to throw it 45 times a game. So it forces them to kind of play through their defense a little bit more and let's play the clock management game, and then we'll take a tactical shot after we've thrown the ball short and run the ball. Oh, now we got Terry McLaurin one-on-one, and I'll throw the ball up, and he'll go get it. Boom, on the money, right? So it's not like he's reinventing the wheel here. It's 211 yards. It's one interception. But it's grittiness. It's the style of play they play with him. And he's clutch. And he's uh, he's got a, a pizzazz to him that you can tell the team definitely you know jumps onto. Hey, you know what? I don't want to be a narc here. Yeah. Uh, this video is awesome. They're putting the chains on him. But I think they got a little problem, Chris. I think the beer on the plane is going to be a problem for the commanders. It, well, I think that's a no-no. I think that's a. I think that's a major, major no-no. Is that get right? These guys drinking, and then they get back to the. They get back to the, the airport, and they're driving home. I'm. T- I thought the rule was no alcohol provided ever, 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 yeah. ever, any circumstances. Please enjoy our official beer sponsor. Yeah, well, that's not uh, happening. Yeah, I, that's not happening. Let's not I'm, let's not narc out the I'm, players right now. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm. It's not. Well, I I, what do you think? They carried it on. <laughs> you think they stopped at Seven Eleven on the no. way to the? I'm just. Hey, hey, we just had a very serious issue get resolved in Kansas City. Very serious issue with Britt Reed. And there's this vague question: Where did the alcohol come from? Oh, we didn't provide it. I'm just. Um, that's that is a bright red flag, and it should be a bright red flag because that rule was changed years ago. That is third rail territory. So just, well, I'm just, yeah. it's, it's unavoidable. Well, there it is. I understand. They put it in the video and right. they put it on social media. And it's something that, that it's the obligation of the team, not the players. Players, you know, 24-year-old kids are going to be 24-year-old kids. It's the obligation of the grownups in the organization, if it that's is. indeed still the rule. I, but I, well, this, I, this I would think thing with Britt Reed yeah, was, was a horrifying situation yeah, yeah. and they have a very, very bright line. Anyway, I'm just saying, I, it, I, I just I, saw it there. I they popped you. it up. I, 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 it's not, I'm looking for it, but I see a can of Bush life. First, I'm saying, what the 
Boy, I mean, not, sorry, but uh, but uh, can you Bush can Light, a little not bit. not not sponsoring PFT anytime soon. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I know it, it is. It's part of football, really, a little of that tradition there of a beer after the game and doing that a little bit. I don't think any team in football is listening to that damn rule, honestly. And I know it's it's I, I understand your concern. And certainly, you know, the Kansas City issue is something there, too. A lot of guys, too, though, I will say, they have people that take them home from games when they land on nights like this. Damn, for a, a, a huge amount of my life, my wife was always there to get me on days like that. So I never drove home. So if I did have a beer or a drink, it didn't matter just to, you know, stick up for guys here. But you're right. That's that's uh, uh, it's, I'm not saying I know I'm you not are. Saying it's a little it's, dicey. Look, I got it's you. not a it's not. I'm just saying if the rule is in place and it's as bright of a line as I as I seem to recall that it was, it's on the organization to make sure this doesn't happen again. I don't know the specific contours of the rule, but that should be one of those. And this is the lawyer in me. You see something like that, and you understand how it can lead from here to here to here yeah, to here I know. to here. I got you. It's I I just, I just have a vague recollection. The There's a yeah. and protecting the and you know the, everybody involved. If that's the rule, if that's the rule, and you, you, this is one of the realities of putting these videos from the plane on social media. People are going to see things maybe they they uh, otherwise shouldn't see. Um, to the extent there's any doubt within the locker room, yeah. about Taylor Heineke yeah. versus Carson Wentz. Here's Terry McLaurin talking about the guy who led the commanders to a win over the Eagles last night. He's been great for us since he's gotten here, honestly. I think uh, he just prepares at a very high level. Um, you know, I know I said it time and time again, but he really plays like every play is his last. And uh, he plays with no fear, man. Even um, everything's not pretty, but uh, he's going to continue to give us chances to make plays down the field on the, on the perimeter. He's going to extend plays with his legs and get the tough yards. He's going to get us into the right situations. And uh, you just feel confident with a guy back there like that. And, you know, I, I think I said this again, but um, a lot of people want to measure his, uh, you know, his height, his arm, his, all those things. But. You can't measure what's inside of his chest. And um, I think we all realize that. And um, it's just been great to, to see him have success and, and, and put us in position to win games. And, and, and uh, you know, there was, a, there was an interception that he threw on a ball intended for Terry McLaurin, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And Troy Aikman did a nice job breaking it down, saying they, they needed to get Gardner-Johnson to commit yeah, to the receiver. either way, use his eyes more, right. But even he did float it just a little bit. Yeah, I thought it, he had him open. Yeah. It's not an easy throw to make, but right. I thought he floated it just a little bit. I would agree with that, Mike. I mean, this is one of the issues. His arm is not, you know, Mahomes or Josh Allen, that ball would have been more in a line and driven to the, you know, head of Terry McLaurin instead of a, you know, pop-up throw here, basically. Yeah, these are the negatives that, you know, about Taylor Heineke. He usually has good feel and does those little things to keep a safety in a spot or do that. But, you know, hey, I, I, what, what, what Terry McLaurin is saying there, it, it's real. I mean, we're, we see it. We can see it. You know, there, there is something about him and what he provides to the team. And, and, again, I think it's also the style of play that they play around him when he is playing. And, hey, the one thing he does when he gets in the game, Taylor Heineke, this is, this is undeniable, and I think why – this guy that we just saw, Terry McLaurin, who's awesome, is talking so highly of him. He 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 abu- he looks for Terry McLaurin at all, you know, all due costs or you know by all costs. What the hell am I trying to say there? You know, by all due accounts, okay. He is looking for Terry McLaurin, and when he's I'm not been, sure that's it either. I don't think it is either. But, but but since he's been in the back of the lineup, that's one thing you can see on the stat sheet is that McLaurin is. You know, number one guy I'm looking for on the field at all times, whether it was Green Bay making a few plays in that game, the Colts game at the end of the game to win it and put him down at the one-yard line to do that. You know, last week it was pretty good, and, of course, yesterday was phenomenal as well. So, uh, yeah, he's the go-to guy. They got a good connection there in Washington. And before we break, here's the reality. Yeah. Two years ago, the NFC East was the worst division in the NFL by far there was a real discussion about whether or not the automatic home game should be taken away from the team that wins the division because there's a chance you know you're just the best of four crap teams why should you be playing a home game against the five seed if the five seed has a substantially better record than you and I remember trying to devise some way to go back to three divisions 
per conference because then it means more to win the division. You, you know, it, it's easy in some situations to be that best of four bad teams. Now, all of a sudden, the NFC East is the juggernaut. And Chris, right now, Washington is a half game behind the seventh seed right yeah. now. Yeah. They have a chance. We joked about this when they expanded the field two Both years East ago to right 14 now. teams. The AFC we, we were talking about and NFC East. We were talking about the, 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 the NFC West possibly sending all four teams to the playoffs. The NFC East is dangerously close to having all four teams on the playoff tree if the season ended today. Of yeah. I always say if the season ended today, that means something really unexpected happened if the season ended today. And probably if the season ended today, you wouldn't be playing the playoffs. But um, I digress. Right now. Washington is a half game away from being in that spot. And I'm looking at, you know, the Seahawks, that loss to, to the Bucks. That, that just changes the vibe for them because now they may be in that scrum with the Commanders for the last playoff spot. By the Yeah, time that's right. They done. could lose their spot and to Gre- San Francisco. And the door's open for and- Green Bay. Right. Green Bay's just a game behind, but Washington's got the tiebreaker over Green Bay. Right, right. Yeah, no, they're all going to be rooting for, you know, the, the Cowboys, the 49ers, maybe the Giants to slip up to where they can get a chance here. You know, the NFC, yeah, it, it's, I, I think, you know, it's really good. You're seeing coaches, I think, manage the game the right way. Though know, for, for most of the NFC East here, too, the defensive line plays pretty good. You, know, you look at them; all four teams can kind of run the football, and then it doesn't it doesn't hurt when you get to play the AFC South and the NFC North this year. It's two of the poorer divisions in football. That's added to the record here. You know, so I think that that's that's another big eight element. Games. Of this. Eight games, eight against games against two subpar divisions, right? So that that's a big part of it, I think, too. Uh, but, yeah, it is amazing. And as we sit here right now, the AFC East has all four teams in. So that's unbelievable. I mean, it really is. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where this plays out. Maybe this is the year that four four from one division get in. Maybe maybe four from the AFC East and four from the NFC East get be amazing. in. Why, why restrict it to one conference? All right, amazing. let's go ahead and take a break. One team that probably won't be in the playoffs this year the Las Vegas Raiders. How hot is the seat for first-year head coach Josh McDaniels? We'll discuss that one, PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel, continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 